Good morning. My name is Dawn Hilton Williams, and welcome to Urban Eat Speaks, where we're radicalizing wellness one bite at a time. For our first-time listeners, the Urban Eat Speaks show is a platform that allows my company, Urban Eats, to spread our message and mission to radicalize wellness with food. Urban Eats is a plant-based food service and product solutions company, and this program allows me the privilege to bring you voices that are rich in experience, leadership, or expertise in the field of healthy lifestyles. Today's guest hails from Aiken, South Carolina, and was an elite linebacker at Wake Forest University where he earned both his bachelor's and master's degrees. With more than a decade of coaching in the NFL with Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, and Minnesota Vikings, my favorite isn't on there, I'm a Cowboys fan, but my, I forgive him, but my guest was the defensive line coach at Oklahoma in 2015, helping lead the Sooners to a Big 12 title. In 2014, my guest joined the Stanford coaching staff and is a defensive line coach and a vegan. So join me in welcoming welcoming to the show, Dyron Reynolds. Good morning, Dyron. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good, good, good. I know that you're on the road and in a recruiting mode, so I know that your time is, is very important. So we're going to get a good show on and, and get a lot of information out. So I thank you again for joining us today. How long have you been practicing a plant-based lifestyle? And what set a man from raised in Aiken to a vegan path. That's what I asked Greer and people from Greer too. You know who that is. But what got you on the yeah. path? Um, well, you know, my mom a long time ago has been a vegetarian for a long time. Uh, okay. My mom's a long time vegetarian. And, you know, a lot of people in the South kind of snickered about that. You need mm-hmm. to have some meat in your diet and everything else. We all hear those different things. But um, she kind of kind of put that bug in our ear early on, and I didn't really – it didn't really hit me till later on in life until I had children and whatnot until, you know, I could see where my health was starting to go. And um, I just made a radical change. And mine probably changed back when I was I was coaching in um, Indianapolis right before I had my first son about 13 years ago. Um, I just wasn't feeling good. I was doing the middle of the season. Um, season had gotten long. You eat bad. You know, they give coaches all kind of food as long as they eat. Mm-hmm. You work late hours. And it just wasn't working for me. I put on about my first, after my first year of marriage, put on about 30, 30 pounds, didn't know what to do with it. And um, I got a phone call from a friend of mine that had been a raw vegan. He had been an extreme raw vegan for, for a long time. He was like, hey, Daron, just out of the blue. So why don't you try this for a week and just, just tell me what you think. I'm like, man, you can't, you can't <laughs> live off of eating greens and plant food. Right. I mean, there's no way in the world. Especially like, raw. You're out of your mind. Especially, Especially raw. raw. I said, mm-hmm. you mean you don't want me to cook anything? I said, man, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried, I tried it for a week, and I felt like Superman. I mean, it was unbelievable. Wow. Um, I needed less sleep. I didn't have to drink coffee anymore. My body wasn't craving certain things. I wasn't craving coffee anymore. Um, I got off my, off my caffeine addiction of drinking coffee and pounding coffee just to get energy and stay awake. And I felt like a I felt like a different person. I kind of that, that changed me. So you dove right in. That that I mean, the fact that you felt like Superman diving right in. Um, what was uh, let, let for the listeners? Let me explain what a raw vegan is. A raw vegan because our listeners are coming into this lifestyle and hearing this new language. So a raw vegan is someone who doesn't cook their food over 107 degrees. People say 110. And the reason um, that people don't cook is because there's nutrient death at uh, for vitamin B and C 
once you hit about 110 mm-hmm. degrees. So you will mm-hmm. you'll compromise some nutrients, but not all of your vitamins, but your B vitamin right. and and some of your C you'll lose. So that's why raw vegans uh, are are attesting to not cooking because they want to have the full nutrient punch. So how long were you a raw vegan or are you still one? I, I was a raw vegan for about, I was a raw vegan for about three years. Okay. Um, I, I, I was probably down to the weight that I needed to be, but you know, just lifestyles and what I do for a living. I mean, it just didn't look right. And I didn't feel as, feel as strong as I needed to look. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to get over your own mental picture of what you think you need to need to look like or mm-hmm. the world's mental picture, what you think you need to look like. But I did that for a long time. And I went all in. I bought a dehydrator. I still use my dehydrator to this day. Mm-hmm. Learn how to dehydrate a lot of my own foods and nuts and, and things like that. Learn how to make my own salad dressings, you know, taking a whole lot of the, the different things that I didn't like to put in my body in there. Um, just totally, like I said, I dove right in. Um, my, my buddy gave me a bunch of different books. Uh, the best way to to go into this thing is to get knowledge for yourself. I mean, when you start reading and start understanding how different things affect your body and how food can be your medicine, you start to you start to change. Right. So you realize you, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You, and you do have a choice. So many times we don't we hear that we don't have a choice. As a matter of fact, I've heard a lot of people say it's difficult. Uh, not only because of their schedules, because of their lifestyle schedule, uh, but also because of family heredity and these kind of things. So uh, as it relates to the travel schedule, how it, I feel like that, that might be an excuse. But for you, since you travel a good number of days of the year, how um, how has it been for you traveling as a vegan? Is it that hard or are people just putting that in their mind because of the struggle in the process? Yeah. It's hard because more sort of temptation. Um, the biggest thing that I had to get over is the whole social part of it because um, eating is such a big part of our culture and what we it do is. and when you're at business meetings and, and doing different things. When I was a raw vegan, it totally set me apart because it was hard for me to even go out and eat anything other than a salad. And then you have to be real particular about what kind of dressing you put on right. and everything else. So, like I said, I was extreme, mm-hmm. but it was it's, it's, it's hard to do. But it, it takes a lot of discipline. Um, you just got to, you know, people around you just got to understand. But when you go to business meetings and different things you need to do, there, there are things that you just got to put out there that to let people know just kind of where you're staying. Um, it's hard passing all these hard, it used to be hard passing all these fast food restaurants and Chick-fil-A and all that stuff right. until you knew what, what you could actually eat. But there's so many Whole Foods markets. I mean, I, and now I just stop and go to the grocery fresh mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. You go to the grocery store, sprouts. You go to the grocery store and grab you some things, throw it in your bag, and you just you just roll. Right, right. That's that's good. So you admit. So there is a problem. So when when you became so you're not raw, you're not raw anymore. So has it been easier no, being a uh, uh, plant based in general? Is it easier since you're not raw? Does it make it easier for you find choices now? A little bit easier. It, it, it's it's easy to find choices, but most of the time I still lean towards towards the raw, raw. things. They they fill mm-hmm. fill me up easier. Um, they're easier to prepare because they're already prepared. Right, right. <laughs> There's not much, not much to do. Not much to do to it. Much, not much to do to it. Right. But that, um, mm-hmm. but it does it, it does it does open up a whole whole new deal because with my kids and whatnot, I can you know still make um, plant based lasagnas and stuff that we make that they love. Um, there's a bunch of different ways that we can go go with that as well. So does your wife Iman? Does she also is she also vegan or plant based? 
she's not. She does a she does a lot of it. Um, it was hard to change because when I got my epiphany, she was pregnant, and that's hard oh. to do to a pregnant woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't tell a pregnant. You're not going to tell her anything no. at that time. No, you you understood no, that. That's no. why you're still married. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it so, was not happening. Only only thing I asked her to do is drink a big green smoothie in the morning. That's okay. All, I asked her to do. all right, I understand. So, uh, just uh, when it comes to talking about um, chronic disease in our communities and the hereditary piece, what when somebody says my family has heart disease, you know, cancer? When you have these discussions, you might not have them a lot, but over the years, you've been a vegan a long time. How do you address the myth of that heredity? Because heredity is only two to five percent of the entire country, so that is like yeah. myth. That is not hereditary. It's what you put at the end of your fourth is generational, not hereditary stuff um, having to do right. with. So, how do you manage those when people say those things? Do you let do you respond or how do you handle that? Well, it depends on who it is. If it's family, somebody close to me, or if it's somebody that's really interested in what I'm doing or or, or, or trying to change their lifestyle, and they're really into it. I'll share with them. Other than that, I mean, talking about your diet is almost like talking to, talking about religion in the South and you're mm. on the other side. You know what I mean? And it's that personal to people. So you, it's, it's hard to tell individuals, like, no, nah, that's not hereditary. Um, that's a choice. Now, right. there are choices out here. You might not know them, but you have a choice in this. Now, you have to make a decision, do I want to go down this road or not? But there is a choice in in the matter. But yeah, I I don't believe I don't buy into the whole hereditary thing. That I think that's been sold to us way too much. I think it's I think it's more habit than anything because we are what we were programmed to do from birth, from who raised us, and what's been presented to us, and what's been told to us in the in, in the medical community, and 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 mm-hmm. far as diets and everything else is concerned. Right, especially in the medical community and how we were raised. You're absolutely right. Uh, but it is myth, and that's something that we have to keep being out here um, educating ourselves. So when you said you got some books when you initially started your vegan journey from a friend, what were the top three books? And I'm sure that a lot of them are raw. But what do you have any recommendations for uh, a starter oh. book for um, oh, I... for when you start when you're starting out? Because educating yourself is key. A lot of times we just jump into being vegan, but we don't educate ourselves. Then we fail at the process. Then we just go back to the regular lifestyle. You have any books? Anything? Well, one of my, yeah, one of my, um, one of my number one things I did. I mean, the easiest thing to do is look on YouTube and just find some people that are doing that, and it, it will mm-hmm. really inspire you. Mm-hmm. But the next thing, the the number one book that I had that that really inspired me was a book by Gabriel Cousins called Conscious Eating, and that totally blew my mind and whole, my whole perception of what what food does to the body, um, not only from a physical aspect, but from from the spiritual side as well. It, it, it's, a, it's a really good book. Okay. Um, but most of my other books were actually prep books, you know, how to prepare food different foods and mm-hmm. So the Conscious you know, Eating um, book was yours. Cause, so you started before there was um, Forks Over Knives and What the Health and all that. So you started well before yeah. that whole movement, um, which is, yeah, you know, right. pushing people a lot. makes it a lot easier now. So when you did it, it was not as easy, the approach, but you did. we did have YouTube to get into. So Conscious Eating, folks, um, Gabriel Cousins, try to find that book. Uh, it really helped Iran a lot, so it might help you as well. Um, as it goes to uh, what was your first positive outcome? You said you felt like Superman when you first started mm-hmm. the raw life. What was, your, what, is the, what was the most memorable first outcome? I mean, you gave me several. You said the, kicking the caffeine. Is there anything in particular uh, – 
your inner was it your energy? What was the most prominent thing that you noticed in the first couple of months that really said this is a, well, I'm going to stay with this for life? Well, I, I, I mean, I used to work out a lot anyway, and I, I never understood the food and the workout component of how it really matched, and didn't understand that ninety percent of it was probably more so food. Food was important, probably more so ninety percent than the ten percent of working out that I did. So as hard as I worked out. It didn't matter what I was putting in the tank. If I was putting something bad in the tank, I wouldn't get any kind of results. So I was just still big and out of breath but strong. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. did, I noticed that my, my cardio went up extremely fast as soon as I went plant-based. I wasn't breathing as heavy. I could recover faster. Um, I could take less time in between my sets. I could take less days before my muscles weren't, you know, as far as being sore and whatnot. They recovered a whole lot faster had a lot more um, elasticity to my muscles and whatnot for stretching and everything else. But um, those, those are the main things that really jumped out at me when I first, when I first started and the sleep part of it too. I mean, not, not needing as much sleep when I really mm-hmm. go raw and, and, and go raw for a long time, I need less and less sleep. And that's, that's huge from what I do. Right. Because you're always on the road and sometimes you lack sleep with time zone changes and things like that. So, yeah, that and that's also important information for athletes. We're going to get into that in the second segment. But on medical, on the medical side, you mentioned um, uh, medical information. We're getting in, in, in medical information. Do you have you heard? Have you talked? Do you have a plant based doctor or have you uh, talked to any medical professionals when you first started that said maybe you shouldn't do that? Include some fish kind of deal. Have you talked? What, what was your experience with medical professionals at the beginning? Well, in the beginning, they told me, no, you couldn't do this. You know, you got to get your proteins in and whatnot. And then once I did all my research and realized that everything has protein in it and we don't, we're, there's nobody on this, especially in this, um, this country that's protein deficient. There's no such thing as us being protein deficient in this country. Mm-hmm. So we, we have, uh, available, um, all kind of proteins in our plant life and everything else. But, when I went to the doctor one time, I remember I lost a whole bunch of weight, and they were like, "Man, you extreme lost, you lost an extreme amount of weight. What's going on with you?" And I was like, "Doc, I'm fine. I'm doing this with diet, this and that." Well, you know, I'm not sure if you look look as healthy as you, you normally look. And most most of it came from family, but not from doctors. Right. Yeah. As I as I yeah as I went along, you know, the doc looked and looked at my blood levels and took all my blood tests and everything. And he's like. Well, whatever you're doing, you need to keep on doing. Right, and right. Kind of gave me, gave me a vote of confidence, and I don't care what anybody else is saying about you, how you they say you look, whatnot. You're healthy right now. Is that your blood level, and whatnot, for whatever the ages you are, are off the charts. So keep it. And wow. that's when I, I started listening to my body instead of listening to what the world was trying to tell me. Absolutely, and looking at the education that you got on with the books and things that you read. So um, when we come back, uh, Dairon and I will talk about how being vegan affects performance in athletics, as well as overall health at the collegiate and pro level. We'll also give you some helpful tips that will help you to successfully and affordably round that corner from health poverty to health wealth, affordably for any age. So keep it right here at Urban Eat Speaks. And then that's why. 
Are you tired of exercising and dieting like crazy, only to find you're still leaving the doctor's office with a fist full of prescriptions and a lot of bad news? Are you tired of your loved ones falling victim to completely preventable chronic diseases? If you answer yes, call Urban Eats at 877-581-3171. 877-581-3171. Urban Eats is your premier plant-based food and wellness solutions company, specializing in big, healthy flavors. From prepared meals and food demos to advocacy and consulting and catering with your health in mind, Urban East wants to partner with you. Change the health destiny of you and your family today at urbaneats.com or call 877-581-3171. Welcome back to Urban Eats Speaks, where we're radicalizing wellness one bite at a time. If you're just joining us, I have the pleasure of hanging out with Stanford defensive line coach and former Demon Deacon linebacker, but you can't say that twice, Dyron Reynolds, who's <laughs> taken the time out of his recruiting schedule to share with us his plant-based story and journey, as well as his uh, how performance is impacted by what we eat on and off the field. Before we uh, went to break, we were rounding out our discussion about your vegan journey, but for our listeners out there who are raising young athletes, I want to talk a little bit about um, veganism in sports. From Tom Brady and the Williams sisters to Kyrie Irving and Matt Danzig, and also Tony Gonzalez and some other notable athletes, uh, many athletes have dumped the meat, fish, and dairy and have thrived because of it. What notable athletes um, have you heard became vegan or uh, during or um, after their careers, Dyron? Do you know of any? That can't not not right off. Um, I, I I do know him, but not by name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple. Actually, we have a couple on our team, young men that are doing a couple of defensive backs that um that are vegans right now. And wow. Okay. So young yeah, guys they're, coming they're, in. They're, yeah, guys are starting to learn this stuff early on. Um, a lot of the pro guys get into it post career, especially the bigger guys, because right. they start worried about their health and they start worried about their knees mm-hmm. and. You see these guys take these radical changes, and all of a sudden they're on TV and they're they're talking in front of a mic now and looking all slim. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of that, a lot of that goes on because you know a lot of those guys want to be able to count and enjoy that money when when it's all said and done, and they understand that you know longevity is the key. You know they they got to be able to let their bodies still be able to work for them. Right, right, and um, a lot of them, yeah. David Carter's one. He was an Arizona Cardinal. He's still young, but he is no longer mm. in the NFL, and he's a big proponent of the vegan lifestyle. It's out there in PETA, and is nicknamed the three hundred pound vegan. But he's solid yeah. as a rock. But um, tell me, so you have um, on Stanford Cardinals, you have a couple of people. Did they come in vegan, or did that happen um, as they've been in in, in their um, Cardinal uh, camp? I think they they came in vegan. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff is like we said early on. A lot of that stuff is home training. You know, mm-hmm. some of that stuff comes from home, and you know, when when some of these this younger generation is educating their kids to go on, and this stuff is going to become bigger and bigger, especially when they start to realize the, the health benefits and they they can actually play and con- concentrate and focus. You know, on a plant based diet. Right, and their muscles can recover faster. That kind of thing. They've already there's some studies yeah, that kind of get into all that. Yes. So um, there's the an article that I found, Iran, as I was setting up for this um, 
talk of ours. Uh, Derek Morgan, a Tennessee Titan, he's a linebacker mm. last season, uh, influenced the defensive team to go vegan and uh, for the season. And the outcome was a return after 10 years to a playoff bid. So since defense wins championships, it proves, at least in that <laughs> area, that, uh, look, defense was strong. And if the defense is strong, you're, you're going to, you know, if everything else is intact, you're going to win. So uh, um, have you, uh, as it relates to promotion of health, what role do you think that coaches have in sharing healthful nutrition options for the players? Is that even legal in NCAA or or in high school football? Can you talk about that as a coach? Um, we have nutritionists on staff, mm-hmm. and they they talk to them about whatever lifestyle um, they're, they're doing as far as their eating habits and whatnot. So we try to teach them the right way to eat. Um, there's, I don't think there's any strength of America right now that's doing totally plant-based, right. not, not to my knowledge at least, but, um, they do point guys into healthy options. Um, you'd be amazed how many guys come to college. They've never eaten a salad. I'm like, are you serious? You've never eaten a salad. Their whole but life. Their whole life. And, mm-hmm. you know, guys are being introduced to greens or, or introduced to new ways of, of eating greens. Like, hey man, you don't have to just eat a salad. Hey, you can blend this up and put it in the smoothie along with this, um, just plant-based protein and, and be fine with it. Um, we're starting to get more plant-based protein products in our locker rooms and whatnot, too. Mm. And guys are having choices of that. You know, rice, be it rice protein and whatnot, they don't have to go the milk route all the time. But there's definitely a choice now where, as probably a year or two ago, that was not a choice. Well, so the, the industry is coming along. With with you know the industry as far as NCAA because the so I wonder if a team ever went all plant based might there be some kind of benefit to that maybe you should talk to people at the Cardinals maybe you should get into that Tyron but um <laughs> uh, I mean you'll be different that'll be different see how it works uh but as it goes to um uh, being vegan in the end and you're as being vegan what is the individual thing from your purview that makes it a long lasting lifestyle change what what is it that keeps you on track. Most athletes are disciplined, and that happens naturally. But how do you sustain it for a lifetime? Is it about flavor? Because you were raw vegan, so flavor, you were disciplined. It wasn't so much about flavor because if you're doing raw, it's not a flavor thing. How do you get through? How do you, what do you think from your purview is the most um, sustainable part of veganizing? I like being in control of my own health as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I don't like anybody else to have to tell me, look, you have to take this pill to do this. You have to take this pill to do that. I don't want that to be a part of my life. You know, God forbid, you know, I get old and whatnot. I, I, I want to be able to have that choice made by me, not by a doctor, not by somebody telling me what I need to, how many pills I need to take a day. That's kind of what drives me. I mean, I still have young kids, kids to raise. I want to be around, around for them. I want to be able to run around and still shoot hoops with them and show them that, hey, dad used to be able to do this, you know, be able to go right. out in the yard. And, at a know, certain age. With, at a certain age. Go, mm-hmm. you know, it's places in the world I hadn't been yet. I still want to go walk and do things and go see the pyramids and go to, go to Italy. And I want, I don't want to debilitate myself by not taking care of myself, you know, longevity wise. Right. So a lot of times when we, there's such, the issue, I guess, Iran is that so many ideas of what taking care of yourself looks like is very subjective. Right. So I guess it's also about educating ourselves, not on what is marketed to us, but what is true. So getting the facts and, you know, reading books like Conscious Eating, the China Study, 
so many yeah. other things that'll really get us going. And YouTube and Google is like a um, a gold mine of good information on yeah. truthful plant based living. Uh, when we were talking, yeah, that, study, that time, did you read it? That China study will blow your mind. You're right. Yeah, that's something else. That was that was a crazy read, um, but it was so informational. Yeah. Once you get that kind of information, you're, there's no turning back for you. Uh, so we were talking about veganism and, and plant-based and raw and all these different variations within the vegan, you know, within the plant-based lifestyle. A lot of times people see vegans and a lot of times they're not totally fit. They're not totally right. fit. So I guess another thing is how do you get a well-balanced plate as a vegan? How do you go about doing oh. that or talking to your players about, well, the nutritionist talks to them, but how do you go about getting a well-balanced plate? Your education? I mean, yeah, yeah, your education. I mean, you got to understand. I mean, you can be an unhealthy anything that you eat. Um, mm-hmm. You can be an unhealthy non vegan. That's easy to do. But you can be an unhealthy vegan as well. I mean, you can eat a whole bunch of fried vegan stuff and be as unhealthy as, as anybody and get yourself sick. And, mm-hmm. you know, in our industry, they pump a whole lot of grains in our animals and they pump a whole lot of grains into us. And especially as we get older, you don't, we don't need a whole lot of grains, you know, grain. Grains were made, if you look biblical-wise, grains were made for famine. We ain't in no famine. We don't need <laughs> to eat a bunch of grains every day and, right. and, and fatten ourselves up because so, we're not going to eat for the next um, week, five months. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, I mean, that's not how it's built, built to be. And, you know, a lot of this over, you know, over, you know, consuming of grains and whatnot has, has really hurt us as well. I mean, they're, they're grains and everything, eating so much rice, I mean, it's in everything because, you know, rice and corn are two of the things that really spike your insulin level up. And if you got an insulin problem and can't control your insulin level, you can't control what, what your body fat's going to do. That's true. But some, so, so just to clarify that point a little bit, bring it a little closer to home. The only reason the industry um, pumps the animals with grain is because that's the only way they'll have protein in their body because protein, um, because that's where the protein comes from. The pro- animals can't produce protein. They have to be fed protein for it to be present in their body. Right. So that's why they pump them up. But they don't pump them up with, uh, they give them broken protein, and once you get it, and it's broken food. Uh, brown, now, farro and some ancient grains, um, barley, millet, there's some ancient mm-hmm. grains that are still good for you, but those are high-protein, mm-hmm. pure grains. White rice yeah. is a no-no. White rice is a waste, it's pure sugar, so it definitely is a problem. Mm-hmm. No matter what kind you get, long grain, short grain, basmati, jasmine, regular Carolina is bad. So I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, we, you know, there is no famine. There's all about choice. Uh, we've got to keep working toward getting that done. I was thinking about um, just in how we our role with family and what we feed our kids. Uh, I guess it's a matter of planning meals. When you travel, how do you plan for your daily? I mean, when you travel and you're planning meals, how do you make it easy for yourself? You know what stops to go to and you know how to get that plate exactly balanced right and you just make it happen every time? Oh, yeah. Just, I mean... <laughs> Either, either I know the different restaurants I can eat and I can get the things mm-hmm. that I want. I stop, I stop by Whole Foods and um, go by a bar and, and grab the stuff off the food bar. You know, you got to make sure you read the ingredients and whatnot as well. Right. But um, it's like I said, it's, it's easier now. I, mean, I couldn't imagine doing this um, 30 15 years, years ago. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, 30 years ago. I mean, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. being on the road recruiting because the only thing that you would eat was exactly. probably raw food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Happy Cow, Happy Cow is a good um, app. Um, yeah, I had they they have all the vegan options and vegan restaurants in any place in the United States. So all you have to do is put in where you are; it'll help you with that. Um, so make sure you check out the book Conscious Eating uh, by Gabriel Coates. 
Gabriel Cousins, um, Happy Cow, and um, is an app that you need if you're looking for vegan restaurants in your area. And I want to thank you, Dairon, for coming on to the show today. I know you're busy recruiting um, for the Cardinals, so thanks so much for taking the time to share your plant-based story with us today. Continue success for those Cardinals, and best of luck next season. And don't forget thank to tune so in. Much. Thank you. Don't forget to tune in next week for another uh, great guest at Urban Eats Speaks. Words that I say, you better think about your choices.